to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is going to be our kind of year in, a, in review or like year at a glance podcast where, you know, we're not going to go into too many details, but we're just going to kind of look at the entire season as a whole, just kind of, you know, almost reminisce because, you know, now now that the, the you know, brutal sting yeah. of a Stanley Cup final has kind of, you know, dulled a little bit and we have a big off season coming. This is the first of our off season ones that are going to be kind of, um, you know, looking back. So, um, you know, we'll actually, we'll start today uh, on the whiteboard. We have, you know, a big table. We're going to take the Habs basically month by month. And then also we're going to look at each season series. We kind of did this with the uh, playoff previews, but this way we kind of have a shortened version, but for all teams in the division. Yeah, so So we'll start off with the, first we'll start off with just the record for our 2020-2021 season. Uh, The Habs went 24-21-11. and uh, with a 52.68 uh, win percentage. Um, That's in terms of points. Yeah, in terms yeah. of points, yeah. Just for so, those who, who don't understand. So they, they gained they 52. Got, yeah. We got 52.68% yeah. of possible points that we could have gotten. Um, a lot of that being dragged up by our uh, huge overtime loss. Yeah, uh, honestly. We went to overtime quite a bit. So um, goals for in total, we had 158 coming out to 2.82 goals per game. And goals against, we had 165. So... Higher than our goals for with a 2.95 goals against per game. Yeah, so we'll just we'll alternate back yeah. and forth. Either. So the, um, the month of January was a very strong month for the Canadians. Uh, they would go 5-1-2. and two. Uh, That's a 75% point win rate. So, you know, got, I think that's 12 out of 16 points. Uh, they had 33 goals in the month of January, so that's actually 4.13 goals yeah. per game. And remember that first, that only loss was our first game against Toronto, and that's then we just it. went on a tear. Yeah, well, exactly. And then um, they so they had 33 goals for, which is 4.13 goals per game. It's a lot of goals, and 22 goals against for a 2.75 uh, goals against average that month. So our win percentage was up above average for the year our goals per game was above average and our goals against was uh, well above average being below the season average so going into february so going into february i think just qualitatively everyone remembers that kind of lull that we i think it was uh the first game against calgary we just hit a brick wall in in late january there Mm -hmm. um we managed we we lost in overtime i'm pretty sure and then that just carried over all the way into february We, we went to ottawa just kept getting smoked and uh, you know, that turned out to be a brutal month for the Canadians, which uh, ended up being uh, four wins, five losses, and three overtime losses for 45.83% of possible points. Um, so below our season average of 52.68. Um, going into goals four, uh, we only had 32, so that's 2.67 goals per game. Contrast that to January's 4.13. That yeah. was just... And, and I think it's worth brutal. mentioning too that we played more games in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and scored less goals. Yeah, which so. is just crazy. And then you know you go into the goals against column, and you know there too, thirty-eight goals against, three point one seven uh, goals against per game. But I think the you know the highlight of that um, that month was like, oh crap, we're not actually going to be a high-scoring team. What's going on here? No one's scoring except to Foley when we play Vancouver. Um, and yeah, it was very yeah, frustrating. I, I remember having my questions about Toffoli originally saying, like, is he only going to score against mm-hmm. Vancouver? Which obviously he, he didn't in the end. But 
there was a little time there where it was it was very weird. Well, he had I, there was at one point he had eight goals and he had seven against Vancouver. Yeah, and it was like so it was kind of you weren't sure how. And to we were losing, you know, we were losing to Calgary one nothing and yeah. two one and all this stuff, and like we need those guys, you know, pushing and you know we'd get you know four or five goals against Vancouver though, and it's you know it's, it was frustrating. Um, yeah, so jumping into the month of March, uh, another, you know, upswing, and like Bergevin said in his post-conference, you know, you go up and down yeah. and up and down. Um, However you want to slice it, there's going to be troughs. Yeah, exactly. Games. So the Habs would be 6-2-4. and four. That's a 66, well, basically two-thirds win percentage, and uh, 39 goals for, so for 3.25 goals per game, being above our season average, and a 2.25 goals against average that's 27 goals in the month of march so again a really solid showing from the canadians um lots of points obviously do you remember anything from that month specifically uh, a lot of overtime games that we lost i think like you said six two and four um you know that's that's big in terms of yeah. uh i remember march being that month where i was basically like how many times are they going to start deno and by that's it that was and i mean the majority of our overtime games came in that month or at least we had the most overtime games that month out of all the months um the other thing too to remember is like at this point and you know we'll, we'll touch on this a bit later but this is now officially under dominic ducharme's uh i guess yeah. you could say rule you know julian was fired near the end of the month uh, month of february so it's just it, it was n at least um promising to see that you know all the numbers were up again and so that uh culture Short shock lift. to the team <laughs> sorry Short yeah lift, exactly yeah. which we'll yeah we'll yeah. get to in uh, april and you know take april and, and may just because may is yeah. a short month and i think it kind of just they bleed into each other quite well so. Yeah, so speaking of ups and downs yeah so we had that covid week there and you know that just made us um i don't want to blame the schedule because i remember you know specifically being in april and not blaming the schedule and being like these guys have to find a way to win because you know we can't have a week off and then basically throw our season away because of covid um but that was a brutal month we went seven and ten uh no overtime losses 41.18% of possible points, which is obviously way below 52.68 season Especially average. Especially at 17 games. Yes, yeah, 17 Which games. I'm going to double check that while you're talking, but yeah. I think that was the games, most games played in a month. Yeah, I think it was. And, um, you know, that comes out to goals four. We only had 36. So this was our lowest goals per game um, that we had in, a, in the entire year with 2.12 goals per game, which is just, that's not winning anything. I mean, yeah, no one. Sorry, just, just to interject, it was by far the most games we played in a month. And yeah. I know, like, cutting the season into months isn't really, like, completely fair. But, you know, this was a very, very compact season. Yeah, it's, yeah that's the equivalent of, I'm just going to double check game every second day, that's rough. Yeah. And then goals against, yeah, that column too, we got smoked. 58 goals against, that was 3.41 um, goals against per game. Um, obviously, that's, you know, about halfway through April, I think, is when um, Price started... Um, Price got injured, so Allen started taking the majority of the games, right? Uh, yeah, exact. That's exactly. Near I the think. End of, uh, yeah, right in the middle, actually. Right in the middle, yeah. So, um, you know, that that bleeds over to May because you know we have a tired Jake Allen from uh, starting all these games. Who again? And, we said it last time. Not not an elite goalie in the NHL no. by any means. A good, solid second. Yeah. Like you know, like but second uh, tandem goalie, but this it's irrespective was, of goalie. Exactly, yeah. and it also just was like not the situation he was built for. Yeah, and you look at the goals for. I mean, like going into May, I'll just start with the with the record: mm -hmm. two, three, and two. So just not nothing good by any means. Forty-two point eight six percent 
of possible points. Again, our season average is 52. Um, goals for only 17 with or 2.43. A little bit better than April, but nothing to write home about. And then 25 goals against for 3.57 goals against per game. So that so, offsets, basically. You know, the goals against are bad, yeah. okay? But no one's winning hockey games uh, for a consistent amount of time with a, uh, a 2.12 goals for per game. I That's just, it. No and, and I think it's worth mentioning, too, in the month of May, you said the record was 2-3-2. Two, and two. That's actually the order they went in as well. So if the month of May, we, we won a game, won a game, lost, 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 overtime, overtime. Yeah. And that is a horrible way to enter the playoffs. Yeah, it's a, yeah it gives you a sour taste. Now, obviously, you know, hindsight, we know it wasn't the worst case for us. Yeah. But it just, it, as a fan at least, and I'm sure as a member of the team in any capacity, whether you're a trainer, a coach, a player, just, you know, you don't want to be entering the playoffs as, you know, the lowest seed going against the powerhouse that was the with Toronto no Maple Leafs with just zero kind of almost like yeah. hope. And look, I... I'm I'm a very optimistic person, but like the way I saw a lot of fans take this, where at the very end of the season, basically we were missing half our roster. A lot of people are like, "Oh, but that means a fresh Carey Price coming in. That means a fresh Gallagher coming in." I the way I saw that was like, "Yeah, they're Rusty. fresh, but the rest of the team has been doing a ridiculous amount of work, and they're going to be tired as hell, and mm-hmm. it's going to come out to a net negative if anything, mm-hmm. because like we saw, you know." especially our forwards playing in positions they had no business playing yep. in. I mean, like, we had, you know, guys like Lekanen, Evans, and Byron playing, like, you know, 16, 17, 18 minutes per game when they're used to getting, like, 13, 14. And yeah. then, like, that carries up down the lineup. And, you know, I was specifically worried about guys like Perry, who, like, you know, wasn't meant to get a lot of minutes. And um, Needed to come we wanted to save him like, for the playoffs. But, yeah. you know, when you are when you don't have guys to play and, you, you, you know... Uh, you know, you can't have, you know, Michael Frolik taking the first... Uh... No, that I never want to see him play. <laughs> no offense to him, obviously, yeah. but, like, I just, like, it just is not a good fit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's why he was basically the last guy called up. So yeah. that kind of summarizes each month. Um, what we also did as well, very, very similar, like we said to the playoff previews, is win records and goals for, goals against uh, season series. So, I mean, there's six of them, so this will be easy. We'll just uh, cut it. Half yeah. and half, so or we'll just alternate. I'll start it off with Calgary. So Calgary was a, it's an interesting one. So we went three and six, basically zero overtime games that we won. Thirty three percent of the possible points from that series. Um, I'm gonna leave the goals for for a minute. Our goals against was a twenty four in nine games. That's a two point six seven. So Not it's actually terrible. it's yeah. actually above average for what our season was, and then. A 15 goals in nine games. That's a 1.67 goals again. So against the goalie that was struggling. That's it. And so what what this just shows you is, had we actually just scored an average amount of goals, we probably yeah. would have been, you know, more than a third of the points possible. We would yeah. have really, you know, kind of pounded that team into a blizzard. Yeah, ironically, you know, that was the reason why I was worried about our team going into the playoffs. 100. Um, you know, hindsight with Winnipeg, you know, they got absolutely gutted defensively. But if they had their defensive core, um, that's what I was that's what I was more expecting going in. It was like, you know, they, they're so adaptable, Winnipeg, defensively. And, like, they have such good defensive forwards that just back check. Like, I'm just thinking even of, like, Nate Thompson. Like, mm-hmm. the guy's just so good coming back that I was worried that they were going to play a Calgary-esque style of play where, like, with Calgary, we could not get past the blue line. Like, no. their defense... How they how Calgary's defense played us in the regular season is how our defense played in the playoffs. 
Yeah, basically. Just met everyone at the blue line. And I think that at least shows that maybe we, we stole that a yeah. little bit, but you know. But and... Jesus Christ, Mark Giordano was tearing our offense apart. Like, it was brutal. Like, yeah, every single time you guys on the ice, like, whether Rasmus it was Gallagher, as well. whether it was Gallagher or it was even Anderson, they dumped the puck in, he would just play the body, and you would just get, like, hit by a brick wall at the yeah. blue line. It was crazy. It was very frustrating to watch. I remember those podcasts being almost, like, boring to the point of just... You could just feel the steam boiling up, but there was yeah. nothing to talk about. Because, like, we, you know, it, it was one of those ones where, like, Markstrom didn't have a particularly great year. No. Okay, but we were padding his stats like I've never seen. I think one game we had, like, 48 shots. I doubt a single one of them came, like, even remotely close it, to the it slot. It felt a lot like Tampa Bay, honestly. Yeah, that's what it felt like, yeah. It was just very with no frustrating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, actually, I'll, we'll do it this way. I have no mistakes. Like, with yeah. Tampa Bay, there's, like, there's no... You can't make mistakes against this team. Calgary, you can make mistakes because they don't have that burst up. Exactly. But it's just frustrating because you get the puck and you try to get it in again and fail. And yeah. you try to get it in again, but... Well, since, since you mentioned Winnipeg, I mean, I, just, I did want to talk about them because... Our season did not reflect very well on our playoff not success. So Winnipeg, actually, we went 2-3-3, three, and three, 43.75% uh, win rate, 22 goals for, and 31 goals against. So our goals against actually was the highest out of all the Canadian teams at 3.88 goals per game. And our goals against was below, uh, our goals for was below average at 2.75. Now, if I told you, basically those stats going into the Winnipeg series that they were scoring the most out of any team we'd played and we were scoring less than average than our season I it would it would make me nervous honestly well, yeah that's that's where the skepticism came even from me going into Winnipeg yeah. I, you know I think I think we nailed it on the head I think basically the entire playoffs um, the only one I know I personally dropped the ball on was how much I overestimated the Winnipeg Jets like I you know, but it you, is it, and in your defense, well, I was doing like I, I had like a you know there Bay, was no reason not to. I had a Bayesian prior of like the regular season, and like yeah. my my prior was basically like you know we, um, you know, seemed to be de- scoring decently on them, but we just can't come away with the win ever. And I was just worried in the playoffs when Winnipeg has that extra step. Yeah, and the that, thing that also worried me was Winnipeg was the team we played the least in yeah. that year by one game. We only played them eight games, and we came off a very emotional series. And, and we and we let in the most goals still. Yeah, I mean we we let as many goals in against Winnipeg as we did against Ottawa, and Ottawa we played two more games. Yeah. So, Which, yeah. it was just a lot. But obviously, you know, going through that playoffs, we completely steamrolled through. Yeah. I, you know, I obviously they had an absolutely gutted defense, but, you know, playoffs are playoffs. I mean, no one's healthy in the playoffs. And, uh, exactly. You, gotta, you can't uh, expect your roster to stay perfectly healthy throughout the playoffs. And, and you got to def- roll the punches a little in bit. In defense of the Canadians, three of our losses against Winnipeg were in overtime. Mm-hmm. If Let's say even, you know, Two of those go our way. I was going to say half. But also, you know, you have three. Fair, we have a winning record against them. Three of those, uh, three of those eight were basically when our team was gutted yes. in, in the regular season. So, like, you know, kind of, it's funny because like it, it flipped in the in the playoffs. Uh, you yeah. know, Winnipeg had lost a lot of guys, but in the regular season, I mean, I, I think Winnipeg, you know, three of those games they were playing us when we didn't have Gallagher, we didn't have Drew, yeah. we didn't have Tatar, we didn't, you know, Dano was out for a little bit. I remember that. Um, yeah. So different team. So. No, exactly, and so uh, just because we're talking about Winnipeg and how, you know, we 
basically didn't want to play them in the playoffs originally. Um, I think we'll just we'll jump back yeah. up to Edmonton. So, yeah, Edmonton. This, by all means, I would have liked to have played them. Yeah, me but too. But I don't think so anymore. <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of the, you know, a lot of these teams that we did play well against came early on in the season, and Edmonton was, was one of those teams. We had a lot of games with them, with them in, uh, I think we had a few in, in January, then a lot in February, but we went 5-2-2, two, and two to, so we got 66.67% of possible points, which was, uh, besides Vancouver, our best showing. Um, and our only positive showing. And our only positive showing, yeah. So we had 26 goals against them in nine games. So that came out to 2.89 goals per game um, and 22 goals against, so 2.44. So just a clear victory there. And also um, worth mentioning, like having a strong defensive showing against McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah, we completely shut them out. It's I, great. I remember by the last few games, they were the TSN was or whoever it was was showing... Dreisaitl and McDavid's points against us, and it was just like, Oilers fans must have been losing it. And I remember you and I talking about each game against Edmonton being like, when's the elastic going to snap? Well, that's the thing, because I remember at one point McDavid had uh, one goal in four games against us. It was yeah, like, and he this? did go off at one point. At, at the very the end, end there, he went. He had like a four-point Yeah, game. and like, I'll, whatever, at that point. Yeah, that was like with Allen in, and like we didn't have like half our team. And we were almost mathematically guaranteed. And yeah, it, it was a, uh, yeah. And I, you know, obviously McDavid's that type of player where like the more you you, you know, you more the, you, the more you whip the guy, the harder he's going to hit you when exactly. he does get back. But yeah, so you know, great, great uh, showing against them. Um, I remember just watching those games, so much fun, just laughing at Koskinen because like yeah. that guy was just and and, he, and even Smith. I mean, like, he's just flying all over the place. Yeah. You know, like both of them, like they just seem like they. I feel bad for Edmonton in a way because there's always. Every season, like they have one thing that's just yeah, that's what happens. Really, when you just not spend too there. much on players. <laughs> yeah, and like that's it. You know, Smith. You know, Mike Smith at one point was playing very well, but you looked at him playing like actually in the game, like stats aside, and you're like, this isn't gonna last. Well, yeah, and it was very old. It looked like hockey. almost like uh, it looked like a Cinderella story where like just everything was just hitting the guy yeah, for exactly. some reason. He had no idea where he was on the ice. His positioning was terrible. It's just. Everything was hitting like the blade of his skate or like yeah. the he tip just got of very his lucky stick. at some points. And yeah. yeah, I I think, you know, let's just let's get the Vancouver one out of the way. I almost yeah. feel like there's it's just not even fun to talk yeah. about. We, you know, it, it's fun to watch at the time, but we we just bashed their skill yeah, in. You know, 7 0 7 0 and 3. So 7 wins, 3 overtime losses, um 85% of possible points. I you know, those games, um, I'll just say the goals for goals against quick. So yeah. 45 goals for, that's a 4.5 goals per game for us. That was just insane. Majority of those coming from Toffoli, obviously. 28 goals against, so 2.8. Um, so, you know, obviously Vancouver has the offense there. And you know, they were they, they were definitely scoring. I, I think a lot of that was on the power play. They Those were those games where, you know, after Army has hit, we were really uh, taking a lot of penalties against them, a lot of slashes, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, interference and stuff like that. But... Got it done, obviously, but those games were almost bugging me because they were coming at a point where we couldn't score, and like we would, we you know we would lose to Ottawa, we would lose to to uh, Calgary by like you know no fault of our goaltending, but we would get like one goal, two goals, mm-hmm. and you know they would just beat us three one, three two, or even like one nothing. I remember with, with Calgary, but we'd go to Vancouver and get like six seven goals. Like it's just so and, annoying. And you and I would keep saying like you know what I would much rather a team that scores three, four goals yeah. a night every night than a team that scores one 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 seven one one one. Yeah. Like, because it, it became hard to also gauge where the team was, which I think is a recurring theme throughout the off season that we'll see is like it's hard to gauge what the Canadians real um 
you know, standing is, not to take away anything from them, but at the same time, when we go back next year, we're in a division with Tampa, Boston, we're in a division with Toronto, Florida. we're with Florida, we're with Ottawa, which we'll get to in well, a minute, yeah, I mean, and like, it's it's one of those things where, you know, there's four spots, yeah. and I just named five teams plus us, Yeah. so it's going to be interesting, so it, it was a very good kind of, um, like, example for the entire kind of theme of what the, going forward is, is that... You know the potentials there but can they realize yeah it? i think most importantly with this season and with our cup run is like we needed that momentum and that like surety in ourselves to go into next season and actually perform also to potentially get free agents here yeah. because if we just got crapped on by toronto like just no one would want to resign here i doubt perry would have resigned yeah he's at a point now where he just wants to win a cup yeah so like you know never mind all these these you know we're gonna get into it but the vladimir tarasenko's like these guys want to win and like um you know it's uh we, we needed this for the momentum going forward right? Absolutely. especially for our rookies and stuff but. and so let, let's go with toronto first actually i think the last one's gonna be the most interesting but toronto um Three six and one, thirty five percent of the possible points, twenty five goals four for a two point five GAA, uh, sorry two point five uh, goals four per game, and thirty four goals for three point four goals again. So just every category below average, and I think it was just you know definitely rough, but I I it was not indi- indicative because. You know, like you and I said, you know, we're one of the few podcasts and few out like media outlets that did have the Canadians winning that first round, and I, I wholeheartedly meant it. You yeah, know? That, that was an objective opinion. That was like really, I thought yeah. they were going to do it, and you know, there's no stats that would show that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just you know, I remember the Toronto games. It was the one team that we didn't have like series against, where mm-hmm. it was just yeah. every few games we'd play Toronto. Yeah. And like I just remember not being. I don't know, not being into them as much weirdly. Yeah, they, they weren't as a... Well, even going to the playoffs, like that series, our regular season and our series were very similar. Like they weren't particularly aggressive when but you they think were just they would winning. be. Um, you know, I think a lot of people with this North Division setup were looking at like, you know, possibly reigniting the, the Leafs and Habs rivalry, which like has definitely gone dim in the last few years. Yeah, I think this of, year did its job. Yeah, I think this year did its job for sure. Cause like if, Specifically if, the playoffs. Yeah, because if, if it did it with the Leafs in Boston, it'll do it with, with us. Yeah. You know what I mean, I'm like, you know, Boston's obviously an order of magnitude worse with the back-to-back years and stuff, but, you know, I, I think uh, it did its job to an extent, but intra-season, intra you know, there wasn't really any, you know, noteworthy things in those games. I found... Every single game, um, you know, they were tight, and then we would just come up short. And then, like, they would, you know, it it was either we just came up short or, um, you know, it's a tight game. They score one, and then they just take off with it. And, like, you know, I found a lot of it was, like, period one, period two, where we're neck and neck. They score one early in the third, and then it just opens up. That's it. It was annoying. And, yeah, it was just a weird. And then, you know, I I honestly don't even have much more to say about Toronto. I I just want to jump to Ottawa because I think it's the most interesting. Um we went 4-4-2 four, four, and two against Ottawa. That splits the points down the middle at 50%. Yeah. We, we were about their only wins. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And we had 24 goals for and 31 goals against. Both below average for a 2.4 and a 3.1, respectively. Um, Ottawa is... They've turned the corner, at the very least. I think... They, I don't think they make the playoffs next year, to be honest. You know, I know their... I believe it was their GM who said, we're two, three players away from a Stanley Cup. That's Which, 
vicious. But... It's a bit ambitious, but at the same time, you know what? If Ottawa doesn't have the poor start they had, they might have edged us out for the fourth spot. The yeah, way they think... were playing the second half of the year. Yeah, I think an- another big centerman, a goalie, and maybe another sentiment too. <laughs> I think that would... You know, I, really yeah, I think what they're looking at is, if I'm trying to guess those three players, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a first-line center, which they might have one now in a few years in Tim Stutzla. Yeah. Um, I think they're looking for a finisher. They don't have that goal. Yeah. I think that's why they signed Dadnov, because he's someone who can bear the puck, but he just wasn't that guy. Um, that's why I'm saying for the, you know, we'll talk about it more, but for the draft, look for them to draft... Um, I completely forget his name, but he's just the the pure sniper in in this year's draft. I'm gonna get his name later, but uh, yeah, they're they're looking for a sniper, and I I think they're looking for one. I'm it's either a goalie or I feel like maybe just a big presence on the D, uh, like D yeah. pair, someone to play with Shabbat that isn't Nikita Zaitsev. Yeah. Like, no, he's not terrible, no, but I think they want, like, yeah. a Drew Doughty. He's, a, he's an you know? effective player when he's on that second That's pair. it, and they want Drew Doughty, basically, yeah. which, you know, the way LA's trying to get rid of money, it's not the craziest thing in the no, world. No, for sure. But I, I think, I, I know, think goaltending for them is definitely up there. Yeah, I mean, like, they just they've had, committed so much to Matt Murray. I know, it's just, like, I think I feel like by the time that they're ready, you know, he's just going to be... I'm not a fan of his in yeah. any way, but I... I just think at this point they kind of have to ride yeah. it out because I think he has five more years on his contract. And so, anyway, yeah, it's just uh, Ottawa was an interesting one. It was probably the most frustrating mm-hmm. besides Calgary just because I found they were playing better than we should. We, we almost yeah. played their game a little bit too much. It, it felt like for some reason they kept coming at us like they had some kind of vendetta against I us. Know. And I was like, I didn't understand what it was. Like, yeah. I know we had a bit of a rivalry with Ottawa physically, at least in the last few years, but like, I wanted them to throw us a bone here. Like, they're getting creamed by everyone in the North Division. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when they play us, they play their best hockey. Because these weren't even games where we were playing necessarily bad. I mean, like, I remember a few games where Ottawa was just like, who is this team? Well, that's it. They would just, for some reason, bring their A game like, against us. Specifically Matt Murray, too. Like, yeah. he was just absolutely shutting he the door. He would be 800 to an 890 with against yeah. everyone else, and then a 940 against us. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of wraps up the uh, monthly and series look at this. And now, um, you know, we just have a, a list of dates here. This is kind of really to just go through and just uh, very basically reminisce. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, we forgot some dates here, but I think, you know, it'll just be a good topic of debate. And if anyone has one to remind us, just email us or send us a message on Instagram. We'll add it in next podcast. So um, best place to start is the first day of the season, January 13th. Josh Anderson has two goals in his debut with Montreal. Um, really set the tone. Uh, set the tone for the new guys. Yeah. You know, I, that was a game that, you know, I think opening up the season, we didn't even know it's a sprint. It's like, it wasn't a marathon. It was definitely a sprint. Um, I didn't want to see, you know, I, I think like we'll go into it in another podcast, but I, you know, definitely want to see a bit more from Gallagher this year and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't want those same guys that were doing it and leading to no results in terms of like either making the playoffs or just getting eliminated early on. I didn't want them to be again, the guys leading the team. So it was nice to see the new guys, uh, you know, being Anderson in this game, just kind of step up and, you know, we lost the game, but you know, it was at least a silver lining. Yeah. And I remember at least, you know, the, the big issue with Anderson was coming off of a very poor offensive showing the year before and then getting hurt. Yeah. He had four goals all year you know, getting two off the bat was just, it was also um, a little bit of a breath 
out for, for you know, Montreal fans who are like, oh, we just committed a yeah. lot of money to this guy. A lot of time. And a lot of time, yeah. So, you know, overall, just good to see him be able to just perform yeah. right away. Uh, I think he fit the mold really well this year. Um, yeah, then... Yeah, January uh, 18th. That's the first time we saw Alex Romanov score a goal. Which... And it was, um, you know, it was, it was interesting because I... I think he did himself a bit of a disservice there because I, I think that game, you know, scoring that goal that early in the season and then it being like, you know, one of his only goals this season kind of set the bar a little too high for him. And mm-hmm. um, not that I'm, I'm saying I hope he, I wish he didn't score, but I just I know what I, you mean. It, yeah. it, it gave fans this. Um, it, it, I think it also had to do with the fact that Victor Mete took so long to score his first yeah. goal, so we almost had this expectation of like, all right, young defenseman. Give him a few years, basically, because yeah. we just got so used to it. And he comes in and scores, and we're like, oh, wow, this guy's like a pro. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was, but, you know. So when you're turning Victor Mete's head on the bench, you're like, you see that? You yeah, see? honestly, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a real defenseman goal. It was like a shot from the point yeah. that Claude, just went uh, in. Claude leaned down, whispered in his ears, like, you're out of here. Yeah, exactly. It's The, t- the timer starts yeah. now. <laughs> um, yeah, then two days later, January 20th, Tyler Toffoli finally gets on the board. So, you know, almost a week into the season, we hadn't seen a goal from Toffoli. He started getting iffy. And then the guy goes off for a hat-trick in his first time scoring. So, um, kind of, you know, gave us the silence silence treatments or yeah, the, just I think, silence yeah, we were, us a little. We were a little harsh early on. I think, yeah. maybe not harsh, but we I think basically every podcast, this is in the early days when we were a little cringy with yeah. the, the podcast. But I remember we were we were talking and it was like, very, um, you know, I'd like to see more from Tyler Toffoli every yeah. game. Like, I think I, every podcast I was saying that. That's so. it. And I, I think I remember specifically our our main criticism of him was that he was playing like a pass-first guy. Yeah, he wasn't sure. And I wanted him to shoot. And then, you know, it gets a hat-trick, starts kind of what would be a very, very dominant offensive season for him. Mm-hmm. So, happy to see that. Yeah. And um, then, um, yeah. yeah, going to January 22nd, we get the unexpected rejection of a contract by Philip Deno. So, yeah. so the news broke that day. He yeah. had already rejected it, I think, for a few weeks. Yeah, so he, uh, he rejected the extension. So, you know, that kind of... I wasn't expecting it, to be honest with you. Like, I, yeah. I we had heard rumors of it and stuff like that. I just... I was... I understood where he was coming from with Kotkaniemi and Suzuki taking on new roles and stuff like that. And I think he got a f- taste of the flavor that the coaching was looking at of him playing from last year's playoffs. And um, I think he, you know, well, obviously he said it, he thought he had more to give offensively. Um, Which is where my sympathy began. fell. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, looking back at this season and this playoffs specifically, I think this, I hope this hammered it home to him that like, just because you're, you know, our lockdown guy, that doesn't diminish your value at all. Because like, if we didn't have Philip Deno in the, in the playoffs this year, we would have, 100%. I completely agree. We would not have and, and I also think it made his um, value... Diminish his value, diminish his value from a team standpoint. I don't mean a contract. Well, no, and, and I completely understand. I'm saying I think um, the value of his contract when that news broke was he was using guys like, um, you know, Braden Shen oh, yeah, and... Yeah. Um, who was the other one? Uh, Kevin Hayes, Hayes as yeah. comparables, which is, you know, between six and a half, seven yeah. mil. And that's where I started getting aggressive, if you guys remember. Every time <laughs> he wouldn't have a scoring chance and not score, I took 100K off his yeah. salary. But now, you know, we're seeing... It was the best season possible for him to have a, sl- a slouch yeah. in terms of his from point a, from a, yeah from our, from our perspective, like from management's perspective. Exactly. Like we need to and and now with Joel Erickson Eck, who basically played the exact same defensive role and is roughly the same age, a little younger... 
getting five and a quarter for eight years. I think, you know, and, and like we said, we're going to have a couple of uh, cap-friendly-esque team builds this offseason. I think that's the area Philip Dunno is looking at. I yeah. think it's between How five. Would you, do that? would you want to do that? Five and a quarter, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think 5.25. For you know, I I like we've said in our Mark Bergevin podcast for you know old time listeners mm-hmm. that six year contract means he trusts you. I don't yeah. think Philip Deneau gets eight. I don't think anyone gets eight no. to be honest. If Gallagher Eight's got worth, six, yeah. nobody's getting eight. Also, yeah, I, I think five two five. That's completely fine with me. It's it's after the five five. I start to get a little bit yeah, yeah and then especially the five seven five. That's not happening. That's I just I really board, yeah. I I would rather go get a def- another defensive centerman at this point yeah. who can score more points at that money anyway. Yeah. But basically, yeah, you know, Dino rejects it. We we took our shots at him. I I think I dragged it on a little too long, but I was bitter because I don't know. I don't like that. Uh, you know, I can be this. I'm like, don't yeah. don't tell me, show yeah, me. Show me. Especially if you're a peak career. Yeah. And then uh, Corey Perry on January 23rd scores his first goal as a Canadian. He'd get a good couple of goals for us this yeah. year. It was just nice to see, you know, just basically. Clutch goals and, and, and energy Yeah. Goals. And, and if for those, you know, who haven't picked up yet, we're not saying everyone's first goal of the season. These are all the new guys. Yeah. Josh Anderson, Toffoli, Romanov, Perry. You know, these are all guys who basically, this was their first year at least with the Canadians. And so it's yeah. noteworthy. Then uh, you mentioned it before, February 24th, late February, Claude Julien and Kirk Muller get the boot. So I, th- I remember it was after Ottawa. The boot, the um, axe, yeah, they the was, pink uh, slip. Kicked the bucket. Uh, that might be sensitive for Claude. Yeah, but. that means they died. <laughs> but uh, um, they died in their role. But mm-hmm. um, uh, Fe- yeah, February 24th. So, you know, the frustration definitely in February was building. I think that Ottawa game was just the last straw. Like, it was just yeah. another, you know, you could see even the frustration on the coach's face. I think it was just, yeah. you know, hindsight, you know, decent decision. I, I'm i still hesitant if I Not enough upside then. for it no. to be like a clear win, but you know what? I'll say we went to the Stanley Cup final. No, I Whatever just, we yeah. did worked. I Exactly. I, I just, I, I'm hesitant with those things when you don't have a guy lined up immediately. And like, I, I don't mean like an interim head coach. I mean like a guy that you're, you're looking at and you're having conversations with. The only thing is, is, um, you know, it from a from the actual boost to the players. Where like I remember we were talking about yeah. it after the game. I was like, you know, we're gonna see you know Don Ducharme in here. Don't judge his don't judge the team's change under new coaching on the first few games because the guys are riding a high. That's but it. still, they we sucked. did they suck still. <laughs> I think like, they lost the first two or three games. Yeah, the and then that that's the thing, right? Is it's like I know what you're getting at. It's just basically was firing Claude Julian the reason we went to the Stanley Cup final? Yeah. Probably not, uh, you know. Especially with uni- the type, especially with the type of play we play in the playoffs. Like and that's close. That's it, game. and like univariably, definitely not. Yeah. It's he wasn't the one issue. No, and and the thing is, is you know, with you know, then Burrows and stuff like that. I, I with Kirk Muller's side of things, like power play didn't really improve. I, mean, I like, but I was gonna say I think we didn't get a lot Kirk of practice. Muller being time. fired. Was probably more impactful than Claude yeah. Julien being because fired. the thing is though is like yeah our power play percentage per se didn't really increase. Burroughs didn't get a lot of practice time, but also Kirk Muller's had ample time to get this done, and it's just not getting done. And, and I think improving. we did though notice a style change. Yeah, there was definitely a style change. I just I mean um, by the numbers was it didn't uh, no matter, exactly yeah. that but which again uh, the, end the of the practice, day that's what matters. Yeah, the practice wasn't there. Yeah. But, so yeah. Um, March twenty sixth, basically uh, Eric Stahl joins the team. And, you know, that was for, I believe, a third and a fifth. Yeah. Um, questionable move. 
Yeah. You know, we, we both didn't fully understand it, but, you know, we said it at the time, this could be a playoff run move. Yeah. Um, he's having a down year, so you bought him cheap, basically. And, he worked you know, out. Yeah. he ended up working out. He had a rough season playoffs, and yeah. had great playoffs. He even had that, uh, I think I forgot to even put on the list, but he had a overtime winner as his first goal yeah. with us, if you remember. Edmonton. And, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, it's not a guy I, I, I think we're keeping around, but no, you know, it worked well. It worked while he was here. So then, um, I'm glad this one's for me, because April 11th Best is... Best day of the year. Honestly, I might actually mark it in my calendar, because, like, <laughs> this might have been one of the best days of my COVID lockdown, is the day that we put Victor Mete on waivers. I mean, I've been dreaming of this moment for years. I hate <laughs> Victor Mete with, like, honestly, he's up there with, like, Hitler and Stalin for me. Like, uh, I hate next week guy. on the show, we have an interview with Victor Mete. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly... There is no one... Not who I'd build my team with. There is no one on the Habs, I think, for the last probably 10 years where I've actually followed hockey that has pissed me off more than Victor Mete. Yeah. I've never met the guy, so I could be wrong, but I'm saying my perspective is he might be one of the most arrogant people. I think I... The way he... Playing with Shea Weber has the gall to start pointing at him where to go on the ice. And then just the... I think half of it, too, was just the almost unconditional support he got from fans. Like, it was I, absolutely ridiculous. Like, I, people I, I were just agree. like... I think the part that got under my skin was just how him not scoring became funny to him. Yeah. You know, if it, it it's funny to us. You know, like, I remember the Scott Gomez era when it was... There was that website, didgomezscore.com, yeah. and everyone got a laugh out of it except for one person. Yeah. Scott Gomez hated well, exactly. that website that's what you, that's and reaction Victor Mete did not have that reaction but the, the problem was was is Scott Gomez can actually score yeah okay whereas Victor Mete in him laughing about it with the fans which he shouldn't have okay he's giving off an impression that he's actually this loaded cannon and he's just about to go off and it's yeah. like you're not that guy it's your fourth year you're not that guy pal <laughs> you're not that guy this is, this is our uh, meme shows <laughs> now we're gonna start quoting memes on this yeah but um, oh man good yeah. day and so he would obviously be picked up by Ottawa the next morning, yeah. uh, April 12th, um, which also happened to be a uh, big day because of the trade deadline. So Mete goes out, and then we acquired John Merrill from Detroit and Eric Gustafson we also got from a, uh, Philadelphia. We also got a good quote from Bergman where people were asking, like, oh, you couldn't get anything from Mete? And oh, he was right. like, uh, yeah, I actually declined a first-round pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As though he, he, he just wanted to get he, rid yeah, of Yeah, like, he's like, hello, guy. like, guys, I'm trying to not insult yeah, Victor He's like, here. nobody wants him. Nobody wanted him. But yeah, so, you know, out you with... You hear that, Victor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out, with, <laughs> out with Victor Mete, in with John Merrill and Eric Gustafson, which, I mean... Look, they, they did what they did. I wasn't crazy about them in the finals, but they had a decent playoff yeah. run. They didn't really get much. Out of two, who are you more? Uh, definitely more okay with Merrill because yeah. I think he plays defense. Yeah, as a defense I, that's the thing. Is, you know, in my books, I think in both of our styles of hockey, it's like you play your position first. Anything else is added bonus. And yeah, like offensive defensemen are, defensemen a, are an asset. Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're an asset. You know, you look at Kale McCard. Quinn Hughes. Yeah. However, I don't think any fans of Vancouver would have a problem with me saying Quinn Hughes really needs a big defensive partner yeah. because he can't play that game. Yeah, and you, you he's need not that to, guy. Yeah, you're not that guy. No, trust me, you're not that guy. <laughs> but no, you need to play your position first. I think you know Merrill at least knew that, and I think Gustafson a lot like Victor Mete, just obviously much more effective. Yeah, um, because he's. Like the size of a full-grown man. Yeah, he he was like a he was like a, a he was a third winger on the ice basically, and it 
what bothered me most was it seemed like he was almost annoyed having to play defense. Yeah. And with the way we played in the playoffs, how defensively we played, that just was not working. At, you know, he had, a, he had a few games where he was piecing it together, but nothing sustainable. I, I really don't see him coming back. Yeah. And then April 19th, Carey Price gets clipped by Alex Chason going through the crease. Didn't even look like much. Yeah. But he concussion. goes right to concussion protocol, and um, well, we'll get to his return basically. But uh, yeah. he goes out, and he's not playing for a while. So uh, I'm just gonna go to the next yeah. one. Yeah, Jonathan Drewin, April 28th, leave of absence. Nothing really reported there. I think you know Still he deserved nothing. nothing. I, They're no, really did, giving him privacy. Yeah, he deserves his privacy. I just think it's the last time we'll basically see him in a, in a half sweater. I'm not gonna dive too much into it, just out of respect for him. Yeah, you know, as a human being, but. Yeah, so moving on from that, May 1st. May 1st, Cole Caulfield gets his first NHL goal, I believe an OT winner. Yeah. Was it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Uh, he beautiful. had a couple of those in his 10 games with the Habs during the regular season. Yeah. Uh, and then May 20th, Carey Price would then return right before the playoffs, having missed 14 games. For the Laval Rocket. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, that was his NHL. Oh, his NHL. Right? Yeah. When um, was the Laval one? Uh, I think a couple days before. Okay. Um, I just want to double-check that. 14 games is the equivalent to him missing, yeah, almost 21 games. Mm. So it was a big injury. Yeah, and so Jake Allen, uh, no. you know, took on, there was a quarter of the season, 14 yeah. games. So that's a reason why we got Allen in the offseason, because, like, guys, like, substitute anti-Miami in there. I mean, like, that would have just been... It was bad yeah, this year. it was bad this year. It could have been worse. And, yeah. like, Primo was kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit. We gave yeah. him some, like, really raw starts where it just... I don't want to count that. I Look, I know you and I differ a little bit on Caden Primo. I think this guy is going to end up being a very reliable starter in the NHL. Yeah, no, I I, I just don't think I... he'll be a star. I think the team is going in that direction. Yeah. I don't think they want to build from the goalie anymore. And I think it's kind of like the argument you you and I have like you know supported of basically a really bad goalie saving ninety and a half percent of the shots versus a really good goalie saving ninety two. Is that worth you know the massive payday? Yeah, it's the kind pay. of the difference between having like uh, Vasilevsky or Grubauer in net. Yeah, exactly. Both teams did well. Hmm. So um, K Price comes back, and that that was the last kind of like significant date from the regular season. And then I just had. Very, very short here. We have it. Uh, round one, big biggest news story from round one is the Montreal Canadiens complete a 3-1 to one comeback against yeah. Toronto. I think that was probably the most euphoric <laughs> seven games I, of my life. I couldn't even imagine being a Leafs fan there. Just brutal. But, you know, we, we've gone through that ad nauseum. So round two, you know, huge sweep over Winnipeg after Jake Evans gets uh, demolished by the freight train of Mark Shifley. Yeah, and a um, uh, big thing, too, is that puts seven wins in a row, mind yeah, you. Yeah, that was huge. So, so we were on cloud nine going into Vegas. We lose the first game, which was a bad loss, too. It was like yeah. four to one. A lot like the first game against Tampa. Yeah, and then we'd come back and win in six games. So... Um, you know, and then we all know what happened, the Stanley Cup Finals. So, you know, just looking back at the whole year, if you had to give it, um, you know, like the pain scale, 1 to 10. Yeah. So let's do like the, um, let's do like the inverse. Let's do like the happiness scale. So like 1 being like this season was an absolute dud and 10 being like couldn't have been better. Where do you have it? So it's odd because I'm contrasting the regular season with the playoffs a little bit here. Regular season, you said one's a dud? Yeah, one's a dud. So yeah, how so, about we break it into two fives, regular season and playoffs, and we'll add it up. Okay, so regular season for me was a two. Okay. Okay, and then we're on five now, right? Yeah. Just to give you the perspective, I would have gave the regular season a two on ten. 
Okay. Um, and then playoffs, I'm going to give it a five. Okay, yeah. interesting. So, um, it's funny you say that. So, that's a, gives you a seven on ten. Yeah. I personally have the regular season as a three. I think, you know, it could have been better, but we we did enough to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, so, mo- we, we did more than less, yeah. which if that makes sense. And then I gave us a four. On the, uh, I mean, we're not working in half points, but yeah. if it, I would have given a four, and yeah, half exactly. Games. I would have given four and a half, exactly. But so I gave it a four because unfinished business. Period. Yeah. Everything was good except for that last little piece, and so it's just fun. You and I both basically average out to a seven. Yeah. So I think seven on ten is it shows we're get we're right there. Yeah. You, um, know? you know, I'm just to defend my point there a little bit. I you know obviously super happy of how things turned out. You know, unfinished business though, like you said. But I think a lot of the disappointment with me this regular season was what well, we've seen a lot of the Habs in the past. Like, you know, COVID schedule aside, it was just very oh, sorry, inconsistent. That, that, was, that was the last thing I wanted to mention. I had it written here, significant dates. Um, March 22nd, 24th, 26th, and 28th were all postponed doing yeah. so a week off of COVID outbreak. four games in 40 days. Yeah, like that. so that, that was important. Yeah, I, you know, just going back to that, I... I you know, I don't like the inconsistency this team brings sometimes, especially the regular season. It's like you, it's, you just don't know what team you're getting. And it's not even like they, you know, it's a team that has less effort. Like on any given day, day this team can look like two different teams. That's like it's, it. They're completely different. They play nothing alike. And it, 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 it frustrates me. They're scoring seven goals and they're not being able to get a shot off. Yeah, or we're forechecking and all of a sudden where no one's going out. Like it's just, it's frustrating. And, you know, that's where a lot of my... Uh, animosity towards the regular season came from which is just not uh you know not a change from previous years oh and that's fair so i mean that being said that was the year in review um you know going into the off season like we said we have a bunch of cool podcasts coming up uh the next one's probably going to be our first kind of like we said cap friendly styled uh look at what we think would make the canadians a championship team next year and so uh absolutely doable and so we will catch you guys on the next one Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.